and they talk about actually how beautiful the monster is believe it or not i believe in that book interesting yeah let's uh let's uh make sure that my comment is correct before you put in your podcast Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Conversation, your favorite fandom conversation show. I'm your host, Brandon T. McClure, your guide on this journey through your favorite podcaster's fandom. I want to get through a couple of things before we get into this week's guest, but don't worry, the interview is time-coded if you want to just skip ahead. I mentioned that last week. I think I keep forgetting to tell you guys. It's time-coded. First thing is, I'm sorry this was late. It's a rough time over at my neck of the woods, and I sometimes can't find time to work on the show. Uh, It's a surprisingly big commitment, but I really love doing it, so I try to make my delays not too long, um, at most a week. Um, But we're over halfway through this season now, so hopefully there won't be too many more delays. The second thing is that because of the ongoing writer and actor strike, there have been a number of changes to the Fake Nerd Podcast family of podcasts. Uh, This show, specifically Conversation, is not impacted, but many are. So if you're interested, check out our website to find out which ones I've marked them. Uh, We are in full support of of the strike and hope that the writers and actors reach a fair deal with the greedy CEOs that are hurting the industry that we love so much. Anyway, I I really hope you enjoyed the last episode uh, with Rachel Strange. I'll say this every week, but I have been blessed with some really great guests this season. Uh, It was great to talk with Rachel, and I hope to get to do it again soon. Before I introduce this week's guest, though, I just want to remind everyone to rate this show on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on Twitter. Uh, The link is in the description. You can also follow us at FakeNerdPod on Instagram, where we upload updates for all of our shows. And uh, if you'd like to be a part of this show please reach out to me through my socials or email at conversationpod at gmail.com always looking for guests for next season okay let's talk about this week's guest you've seen the title already but this week i've done something absolutely crazy i sat down with seven people to talk about their show d and dark d and dark is a quote comedy horror real play podcast uh that my Fakner podcast co-host and host of the basement arcade pause menu ben magnet is a part of um and it's truly really great you'll remember ben magnet from last season or if you listen or watch Fakner podcast you know him from that basement arcade and dean dark is a really great show that he that he does with a, he's not the host of it but he is part of it he plays uh, one of the characters so i sit down with danger dan jurors the dm Ben Magnet, of course, uh, the returning guest. Grayson Norman, the only other person I know from this team. Uh, but then Jordan Jordan Nelson, Daniel Cruz, Aaron Caulfield, and Janae Pellerin. This was an idea I had as I was listening to the show. And I'm the kind of person who needs to act on an idea as soon as I get it. I was super nervous about this episode. And admittedly, it is a little awkward on my end uh, at times. But ultimately, I think it turned out really great. 
there is a lot that I wanted to ask them still. We went over time. It's a little bit longer, this one. But I think that we really got some really great stuff here for you guys to listen to. Um, I kind of think that maybe next season I may reach out to them individually and see if anyone wants to be on the show. Of course, they have an open invite to come on individually to talk about it, but should they want to return, of course. Dean Dark was part of the inspiration, actually, that got me to want to try playing Dungeons & Dragons. I'd never played it before, and I'm happy to say that you can check out our anniversary special to see my first attempt. But the show is great, and its cast is great, so I was very happy to get to talk with them, and I hope they had a good time, and I hope you, the listener also enjoy it. There are a couple of things that I want to mention for context. At, at the point of this interview, because of the delay between when I recorded the interview and when it's released, um, they weren't as far along in the show as they are now. Uh, at the time that I'm recording this intro, they are about to launch into their mid-season finale. It's like 30 plus episodes, almost closer to 40, I think, at this point. The, so there's like a 20 episode gap here that they that they that they put up basically 20 plus episodes since recording the last since recording this interview there are no spoilers of course but uh it's a little you know the show has grown they've changed as people and come together as cast it's it's a good show guys i i really i really like it uh there is mention of a merch page being planned in this interview um that page is up They've made a merch page. Go check it out. It's on their website. It'll be linked below. But that's really everything uh, I need to say before we get into this. I had a really great time talking to the seven of them. And uh, they're a great crew. And I hope I did them justice with this interview. I'm a little nervous. But without further ado, here's the entire cast of D and Dark. Time, weather, and... All right. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I'm here with Ben Magnet. But... Stupidly enough, on my part, not just Ben Magnet, because this is this is Ben Magnet's second time on Conversation. I couldn't have that. I couldn't have that. I decided that I wanted the entire crew of Ben Magnet's podcast, D and Dark, uh, which we have been we have been putting up, uh, we have been promoting like crazy on our on our Fickner podcast show. And Ben teases stuff by spoiling stuff. is wonderful. Um, I do not spoil <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, everything. Uh, but yes. So as you can already hear, I am joined by. Danger Dan, or Danger Dangers. Hello, hello. Grayson. Hello. Uh, Aaron. What's up, y'all? Who plays the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, Janae. Hiya. Jordan. Hello. And Daniel Cruz. Howdy, howdy. Uh, so I got a, I got a lot of people on today's conversation. It's new for me. I normally do this one-on-one, as pro- people who listen to the show probably already know. But let's just get right into it, guys. Uh, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm very happy to have you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you. We are here. happy to be here. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I do enjoy that. I do enjoy D and Dark. It's a fun show to listen to. It's my it's the only uh, Dungeons and Dragons show I've ever listened to. So you know, take that how you will. Oh wow! wow. Touch for your very- first, huh? Yeah. Very different. Oh. Very different. <laughs> um, I uh, uh, so let's just get right into it. Um, Dan, yes. Yeah, since you're the since you're the dungeon master, um, how did you wrangle all these guys together to do this? This was um, this was actually something that I've had in the works for quite a while. Um, I actually started off with 
a different group of players that Jordan and I were playing with. Jordan was the DM of a campaign, and with them, I figured I wanted to do a fun Halloween one-shot where it would be fun if we all played these classic Universal monsters. And I very quickly realized as I was setting up, I am incapable of doing something at a rational scope and scale. Um, and it quickly spiraled out of control into something that I knew would be the foundation for a massive campaign. So working through and kind of using them as a bit of a test group, I wanted to reach out to some of my friends who I knew were more interested in it. Uh, Jordan is the only one who was in both the test group and the official group. Uh, in our test run, she actually was Imhotep. Yep. Oh. <laughs> it was very different. Was it was very a very different, different uh, <laughs> very different energy, very different presentation of the game. Uh, but Daniel and Aaron, I've known for a very long time. They are very good friends of mine. And so reached out to them immediately because I figured, oh, they would be an absolute blast to play with. I was chatting with Grayson about it. Um, we were talking about different audio podcasts and D&D shows. And he is actually the one who gave me the idea to turn it into a podcast. He suggested mm -hmm. saying, hey, that sounds like it would make really good content would you consider doing it as a podcast? And um, he introduced me to Janae and Ben, who both jumped on board and who have been an absolute delight. And just the energy was there pretty much immediately once everybody all came together and we knew we had something there. So it was just kind of a string of events that rolled into each other. And uh, next thing I knew, I was uh, spending all of my free time editing and writing for this thing. That's how it goes. Um, so this is a question for all of you. Um, you guys all played D&D prior to this? Nope. Never yes. played nope. it before. Okay. Um, so what was I'm your... Like... Go ahead. Sorry. This is my first time playing. I DM'd in the past. Okay. So what was what is your what is your um, relationship with D&D, I guess, prior yeah. to this? Uh, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with Jordan. Um... My relationship prior to D&D is uh, way, way, way back. I played some 3.5. Um, I have a group of friends that I grew up with, went to high school, and we were actually playing Pathfinder. But at the time, I didn't know the difference between D&D and Pathfinder. So I was like, yeah, I love D&D. And then I was playing Pathfinder forever. And then a couple years ago, maybe two years ago, I was like, you know, what? I want to DM some stuff. So I got my work friends together. I brought Dan in on it. And I started um, being the DM for some one shots and a campaign that we actually finished a few months ago. And I learned very quickly that I was like, oh, I'm not aware of these rules at all. But it's such a good, simple system uh, that I was able to pick it up. And that helped bring Dan into Dungeons and Dragons. And that kind of kickstarted the ball rolling on all of D and Dark. <laughs> Okay, so who else? Who else had played Dungeons and Dragons before? Hand. Oh. So then you go next. Okay, so um, so it's kind of funny because I have a similar story as Jordan. Uh, friends from high school, growing up, you know, um, a lot of my friends were like alternative crowd. You know, I was the president of the anime club. Come on. You know? Same. <laughs> yeah, I was treasurer. <laughs> <laughs> Two years running, voted unanimously. Nice. Um, but as a result, you know, that kind of crosses over. And so I had a lot of friends who played and they would invite me uh, along because I was completely irreverent and uh, 
made them relax a little bit because the problem that they were encountering was a lot of the friends that they had they wanted to play with were really stringent Mm -hmm. about the rules and weren't like forgiving you know to the players and uh I had none of that going I you know like when I started like I had written lots of stories and you know I love storytelling it's one of my great passions in life but uh playing a game that required you to be constantly on your feet was something you know new to me and uh it was great because it intersected with you know all of our you know most of us come from like drama backgrounds and and theater and doing uh lots of stuff like that or at least having an interest in it um so that's kind of like how I started it was in it just kind of when I was invited i was like oh yeah <laughs> like that sounds amazing grayson yes you said you didn't play dungeon and dragons beforehand yeah i why why did you decide to do this um i kind of found uh a random D podcast that i didn't know what i was listening to all i knew is that someone would kind of say oh i rolled a 15 and I'm thinking to myself, like, shouldn't that be cut out? I don't know what a 15 means. I don't know any of this concept. And uh, later on, did a little bit of digging on my own and found out that I was actually listening to, I think, like two or three different D&D podcasts. And they were just a little bit more um, either sci-fi or uh, even just a little bit looser. And it was built a little bit more like an audio drama. And once I realized that there was a connection to an audio drama, then it kind of clicked for me that like, oh my God, this is like a fantastic way to tell the story. Like, yes, you're the author of a story, but you're not the only one telling the story. You're working in tandem with other people and it's a little bit of improv and also the dice in a way can tell the story. And for me, I love that feature. Like I love the fact that it has a little bit of randomness and a little bit of like, you want the narrative to go a certain way, but then it can completely change and flip the, <laughs> flip the script on everything. But that's kind of how I found it. And that's where I kind of like found my interest going in that route. And then I talked to a couple other people, ran into Dan, and uh, he was just kind of like asking me a few questions about what I know about different podcasts and stuff like that. And for me, like I just kind of fell in love with it all. Interesting. Aaron, same question. So uh, I actually was familiar with D&D because I I had friends in high school and stuff too, but I never took the plunge. Uh, and it always seemed like a whole thing. They would like constantly sound like they were meeting up and it would go for hours or whatever. I'd hear about the like eight or nine hour sessions. And I was like, that seems like <laughs> like maybe a nightmare. Like, I don't know yeah. if I'm willing to commit to that. But like, never say never sort of situation. I was sitting on the side like, I'm sure one day, maybe the right group of people with the right concept might you know show up basically i was waiting for like an elevator pitch that took me you know I they had to propose to you yeah exactly and so uh, they had to say i love you first (laughs) it was that man dan eventually comes to me and he he brings up the idea and i was like okay like that's neat i guess i don't know most of the universal monsters that well i've read a couple of their books and then i saw phantom of the opera on that damn list. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yes, please, actually, thanks. I'll take it. We're in. 
Who needs and a it light? says so much about you too. <laughs> Just Daniel. as a person. Daniel, you yeah. also didn't play Dungeons and Dragons prior? Um, I haven't played. Uh, I DM'd. It's right. kind of it's kind of funny. Is that I have a bunch of one and two e Dungeons and Dragons books that I got from Aaron as part of payment for helping him move his grandfather. And it was just, I got a bunch of books. I tried running it with Dan and Aaron. There was a whole town of slods, and then they died to kobolds. <laughs> it was a whole... I was trying to find the stats for human, but they weren't under human. They were under man. So I'm like, you know what? We're going to change things up. And that was my first experience DMing. Uh, I've run a couple of other campaigns for other groups of friends. And then kind of like with Aaron, Dan was like, hear me out. D&D, but you're monsters. You be the mummy. He didn't give me a choice. (laughs) (laughs) But that's because I spent a little too much time in college studying Egypt. So it made Mm -hmm. perfect sense. So that's how I got here. Ben? (laughs) Um, Prior to this, I played a little bit of Dungeons & Dragons. I didn't really have a, a group in high school to play with. I mean, my friends and I that we would role play, but it wasn't like, it was just through um, like AIM chat and we didn't involve dice. We were just like telling a story and it, it was kind of like pseudo D and D, but it wasn't actual D and D like involving dice or anything like that. And that was just off the rails as, as it is. I mean, looking back on it now, it's like, no, I was technically playing Dungeons and Dragons in a, in a weird sense. We just didn't have any dice. And, and also when I was growing up with my, where I was in the group of people I was hanging out with, unfortunately, there was a stigma with Dungeons and Dragons. Like you were the Uber nerd. Like only Same. hardcore Uber nerds play Dungeons and Dragons. You don't want to be with with those people. And now that I'm old, and as I got older, and I want to say Stranger Things also kind of helped my interest. I watched Stranger Things. I just to see how it actually played. And then a friend of mine asked if I could. She told me she wanted a starter set for Christmas, which I bought her, and she just essentially kept my house, and I eventually kept. And we played a few times at my, um, wow. with some of my older roommates, and I absolutely loved it. I was having blast. I was like, oh, I get to create characters. I could have a whole backstory. I get to do all this like really cool fantasy shit. And then our um, the group there, they're just kind of like, yeah, we can't really make it. we can't really make the time to come over every week and do stuff. So they that just unfortunately faded. And I was bummed because for a long time, I really wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. I just wanted to get back into it and just try again. And then years would go by. I talked to Grayson and Grayson said, hey, so you're still looking for a D&D group. I'm like, I mean, kind of, but yeah, I'd like to play some Dungeons and Dragons. He's like, cool. I know a guy, but it's going to be a twist. (laughs) And I'm like, go on. You, you, still got, you still got that itch? I I, I know a guy. Yeah, and then he told me about he told me about Dan's campaign. He said, "If you're willing to try," I'm like, "Yeah, willing to try." And I actually didn't even know it was going to be a podcast until like, "Hey, bring up a backup recording." I'm like, "What?" Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember when I remember when the first episode dropped. Um, ben, uh, it was a surprise to all of us on the Fakeman Podcast because uh, Ben did not tell us this was coming, um, nope. and. Uh, oh, good. Know, that's fine. Yeah, hey, that's fine. Um, <laughs> we only a little hurt. Um, but he, but he was like, um, but I was like, Ben, you, you released this, this, did you guys released the show, uh, Dan Dark. Tell us a bit about it. He was like, oh no, no. And so I texted him after. I was like, did you, 
did why didn't you tell us about it? It's like I actually didn't know about it. I was like, did they do it against your will? Like what? <laughs> like what's going on? <laughs> like I mean, they put they strap you down? Like oh yeah, we're recording now. Absolutely, absolutely. I think mm-hmm. I think early on Dan had asked us to um kind of keep it hush hush a little bit. Yeah. And not gonna lie, like I had the hardest time trying not to tell everybody and anybody that oh my god I'm gonna finally get to play an actual D and D group like play a game and then uh i had talked to ben and then i think later on i had talked to janae and i was just kind of like well i might know someone and let dan talk to them and it just kind of fell fell into this way it's really interesting um so you kind of you kind of uh we're all wrangled together by da- by dan yeah uh, to, <laughs> yeah to do this so all right let's see sorry Again, learning new rules with, with the show right now. Um, as far as the characters go, I'm curious, and I've been curious, how would you all pick them? I Daniel already said he was forced to play Imhotep. No choice. <laughs> no choice. You're playing the mummy. Um, how did you all pick them? Anyone could go first. I don't care. I'm sure I'll, I'll go. I'll go first if that's okay. Um, really, I I had two. Cho- I had two choices left. Mm-hmm. What I because I was one of the last people to join. So uh, when Grayson told me about uh, about Dean Dark, he was like, okay, so there's two options left for you, unfortunately. I'm like, oh, okay. And when I was told about Universal Monsters, I was the first person that went to my mind was Count Dracula. I was like, Count Dracula might be cool. The Wolfman might be cool. And he was like, Wolfman's taken. I was like, damn it. Okay. There's no Dracula. Damn it. Okay. And then he told me <laughs> about Carmilla and Frankenstein. And I'm like, Carmilla, because I was watching Castlevania. So I'm like, wait, Carmilla is in that Carmilla? And then I was looking at the, the what kind of class of character she would be. And then, <gasps> oh, awesome. yeah. I love, I love you for that. I actually bought that as a Christmas gift. Uh, for the audio listeners, I, I just showed them my copy of Carmilla. Um, we listened to the audiobook. book. Uh, ages ago um and i i, I love it uh, for the, for people who don't know on on people listening to this carmilla is older than dracula it's it's one of the first yep, uh, yep, yep, vampire yep. stories and there um is quite a lot of inspiration that dracula takes from carmilla and structurally they are beat for beat very similar stories yes and i i i i'd like i was enraptured with it i actually have two copies i don't know where my second one is Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. I didn't mean to interrupt it's, your whole it's, thing. It's, it's, it's all right. Yeah. But I, I was looking at Carmel's thing and then I saw Frankenstein was a barbarian. And I'm just like, I'm new to D&D. I know I, I have listened to Critical Role. I uh, I would listen to the Critical Role as I'm work. As I'm work. Um, Grog Strongjaw, the barbarian for campaign one, is one of my favorite characters. And I'm like, I can hit stuff real good. That's also kind of like how I play other RPGs as well. I like the strength build. I like to hit stuff really, really hard. So I was like, you know what, I'll be I'll be Frankenstein's monster. And next thing I know, I'm like thinking the more I think about it, the more I'm weaving this grand backstory for Mary Frankenstein. And I'm like taking inspiration from the books, taking inspiration from the movie. I'm watching YouTube videos explaining the themes of the monster. And I'm like, and I'm at work before before they started to do my headphone ban at my job. I was like, oh, I can like do some other cool things with this character and not be like the the universal movie where it's like fire bad, but more like the book who is an intelligent being who yes. is it's a bit morally gray, but still is like, hey, this is what I want. 
and they talk about actually how beautiful the monster is believe it or not i believe in that book interesting i don't recall that i only remember i remember de niro played the monster in the uh kenneth brana frankenstein movie if anyone's seen that one <laughs> yeah yeah, let's uh let's uh make sure that my comment is correct before you put in your podcast. You know what? It's going into the beginning of the show. After me, like, well, actually, it's actually you going in the beginning of the show. Correct. So, it's so okay. The they can just thing. find you at Carmilla the Vampire at Twitter.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Dan came up with the characters and then gave and then dispersed them. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, now, part of that was originally because it was going to be a one shot. I figured, like, okay, since this is going to be just a one time thing, I'll just throw together these characters real quick and uh, fell in love with them in the process and did everything I could to try to make them distinct from each other and um, kind of all fill different niches within a team comp and to try and make the team as balanced and well rounded as possible and give some options. There were a couple of other options that didn't end up seeing the light of day which i'm kind of glad about because this team is the better this team is the better timeline of characters assembling can you say which which ones didn't make the cut uh yes i did have um dr henry jekyll as another possible player option which i still have the character sheet for and i still have the um character comp for was not dissimilar to the Wolfman, um, mm -hmm. kind of skewed. It, it, it's sort of like a halfway point between the Wolfman and the Invisible Man in terms yeah. of mechanically how he works and how he's narratively structured a little bit. Um, I also tried and failed like five different times to make a creature from the Black, Black Lagoon. I could not find a way to make him interesting and distinct mm -hmm. in a way that the other characters didn't already do better. We almost had a sexy fish man. You deprived <laughs> no. us. See, not my a sexy is... fish man. Not a sexy fish man. Oh, come on. No, well, there is like, no was, come on. Well, if I was gonna pull inspiration, is like <laughs> no. Nah, this sapien is Guillermo del, del Toro has 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 nailed the fish per the sexy fish person. It would not be that fish person. <laughs> no, and it was mostly the problem was mostly that I couldn't find a way to make him interesting to play. And like oh, I said, yeah. in a way that the other characters wouldn't do better. Because um, a lot of the strengths and like the instincts that I had for how to build him kind of encroached a little bit on the Frankenstein monster's territory, encroached a little bit on, um, on Carmilla, a little bit on Imhotep. And there wasn't really anything I could do that felt true to the character that wasn't stepping on somebody else's toes. I see. So because... Because people listening to this aren't going to care, but there's actually an order to the screens. I'm going to go down. Uh, Janae, <laughs> um, how did, uh, because I put, picked up the book, might as well go, go to you. Carmilla, why'd you pick Carmilla? And actually, same question, Dan, why is Carmilla in the game and not Dracula? Do you want to go first, Janae, or do you want no, me to? No, I want to know what you have to say first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It is um, mostly because I wanted to have the option for a female character. And I had just recently listened to the Carmilla audio drama and really enjoyed that character's history and that character's uh, kind of the, the way that Dracula was so heavily inspired by her. And of the characters that I could 
justifiably swap out for a female variant, Carmilla felt like the most interesting direction to go for. Um, I had a lot of people, whenever I say that, say, what about the Bride of Frankenstein? And um, my answer to that really is there's nothing I could do with the Bride of Frankenstein that would be more interesting than what we could do with the original Frankenstein monster. Sure. With Carmilla, I felt like because she's a character that's not really broached all that often and can fill a lot of the same uh, kind of narrative and thematic niches that I would want Dracula to fit into, I figured that it was a really interesting opportunity to kind of have a character that one of the players could really make more their own. So, Janae, why Carmilla? Uh, so, obviously, I'm a giant Castlevania uh, fan, and uh, I thought uh, that take on Carmilla was also really interesting. I liked that she had this dark sense of humor, um, which I definitely have, although... Aside, I cosplayed Lisa, and my partner cosplayed uh, Dracula, and it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I also was really interested in the uh, queer representation, uh, being queer myself, and uh, Carmilla is a really fun way to kind of, like... I think explore the more um, funny side of the dark side uh, because I mean, her whole thing is she came back from the dead and, and slurped blood into her eyeballs like, <laughs> <laughs> and complete like, like the whole thing with Van Helsing. I mean, like really like uh, there is, and she has a lot to atone for as well. And I also, and I thought about, um, you know, in, in the original story, she is, they talk about um, sort of this, like she's turning young women and that's always been kind of a stereotype for uh, queer people throughout mm -hmm. history is like, we're, you're making them gay. <laughs> I'm like, listen, we're not the frogs in the stream, okay? We're not turning the frogs gay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry, I love that video. <laughs> Not for lack of trying, mind you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It would be a better world if the frogs were gay. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but, um, I... What's that? Let the frogs be gay, come on. Yeah, let the frogs be gay. I think this is the first time an Alex Jones reference has happened on the show. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I, I really hope for your sake that it is the last. <laughs> Same. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. I hope so too. Um, but I was, I was really um, excited to play a character that um, I could kind of be creative with. You know, and um, as the source of most of the terrible puns, um, when I'm playing anyway, uh, I, I love to make these guys groan. It's just, <laughs> it's so easy, you guys. Yeah, not only that, but um, depending on how bad the pun is, uh, Dan would make us roll a D4 and we get D4 psychic damage. Yeah, I almost killed someone. Yeah, you did. You almost killed Larry. How dare you? <laughs> Killed my, my good boy, Larry. No, the and good I, 
I've already a... threatened to stab you. I know. You took my sword from me. It wasn't your sword to... to begin with. <laughs> so... It was a gift that you took I never back. said it was a gift. I said, can you use it? <laughs> so I'm going to use you in a minute. So, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we already know we already know why 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 you picked phantom it appealed to you um so if you don't mind i'm gonna skip to grayson because i, I i'm really interested in uh in why grayson decided that the invisible man should be should have a stick so far up his butt <laughs> they can't what get it out mean he decided that was just ingrained in the whole persona that grayson likes to cultivate <laughs> I, I almost introduced this. I almost introduced this whole episode as as uh, Dean Dark, the angstiest comedy podcast out there. <laughs> uh, I mean, at least for Jack, I I didn't necessarily see him very much as any form of comedy. Plus, I don't know how to do comedy myself. So while I was kind of looking at the character, I. Oh, anytime that I play a video game or anything like that, I always like speedy characters, just anyone that's real fast. And uh, when I found out that rogues are decently quick and also, I mean, uh, they have that penchant for writing the line for either being um, good or bad. Uh, I mean, granted, yeah, a lot of people do, but I mean... Um, I guess getting into places that they're not supposed to. That's, I guess that's where I'm kind of like leading towards. Um, I, I started trying to figure out where he would be as a, as a character. And it was more along the lines of science-based. And if I go with the science-based, then it's kind of, uh, okay, well, how did he become invisible? And it's an accident and talk to Dan a little bit about this. And I've actually got some new thoughts about some other stuff, but uh, uh, that could be talked about later. Um, <laughs> I, and, uh, going through that whole, uh, accidental sequence in my own head cannon, then kind of like weaving through you're invisible. And now no one even thinks that you're alive anymore because they haven't seen you for days, weeks, months, however long it's been now. So he has to make more of an effort to try and be seen when his whole thing in the past was that um, they told him that his research was never going to be perfected. It was never going to be done. It was not possible. And when it was possible, all of a sudden now he can't show anybody. So he was trying so hard to prove that this is possible and it, it can be done. And uh, then when he's essentially thought to be dead, he figures out, okay, well, now I no longer have a life to go to. How do I make a new life for me? And then, of course, that's when he finds his way to crime and thievery and finds out this is really easy since I'm invisible. So now the goal is to get enough money, fund new research, and, of course, no one's going to question it. And that's uh, kind of where it's going. And to be honest, I've always liked uh, heist movies as well. So... That was really fun and easy to go to as per him being angsty and kind of angry all the time. Um, I believe I used the term stick up the butt, but yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so um, the biggest thing that I could lean into for that was because I took a little bit of inspiration from hollow man. Um, and there was the whole eyelid thing to where he doesn't get to sleep very often 
or he doesn't get very restful sleep. He just needs a nap <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> that's all it takes. So he needs so, some. He needs some cheese sticks and some appy slices. That, and, that's and that's nap, not gonna nap. happen. So uh, for the most part, I kind of figured, okay, how am I when I don't get enough sleep? I'm very short. I'm very angry. So that's kind of where all that kind of came from. And I just kind of dialed it up a little bit extra. And then I think on the side, Dan had messaged me to be uh, a little bit more of the um, the straight-laced character. And I was kind of like, that's cool. Like, I don't know how to be funny. So I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and do the whole, like, cool, I could be serious. I could be uh, mission-oriented. So let's let's focus on that. So just, again, crank that shit up to, like, 11. Mm, I, I want to point you out could that have cranked today... it down a little bit on the nah, side. I want to point out that in today's session, he was actually yelling at us to be mission-oriented as he was trying to steal something. <laughs> I d did I steal it? No, I actually popped it out and I wanted to get rid of it and throw it. I can't, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but it was not stealing. <laughs> not stealing. If you Air quotations around that. It wasn't stealing. Now, so, just to kind of like piggyback off of what you were saying before about being more straight laced and kind of like what I was approaching you for, I will say as um, from the, um, from the GM standpoint, it is incredibly helpful narratively to have a character like Jack Griffin. Um, he makes for a really good perspective character because of the cast, he is the most ostensibly normal person. So he's a really good audience surrogate and being kind of a fish out of water and being more of a straight man against such an absurd cast of characters makes for not only good comedy, but it makes for a really good opportunity to get some exposition and information out since being a character that is unfamiliar with the world, it is a really, really good excuse to help inform the audience about how the world works. Right. Yeah, he, he doesn't know any magic. He only comes from a, a basically kind of like the world that we have now. So just purely science and just fact. So he gets thrown into all of this and he's like, I don't know what the hell is going on. This guy with the mask, uh, he made this thing laugh and now it's not moving like the joke <laughs> the joke the joke was good but i don't know if it was that good to like stop in place <laughs> uh jordan yes why the wolfman all right well i had a unique advantage being a part of um the test group with dan so I know when he initially put out these characters, I immediately jumped on Emotep for the test run because I was like, I'm going to make him Goofy's, Goofy Skeletor Man and his alignment, oh, his alignment's evil. I'm going to make him this evil skeleton man. That's just kind of part of the group because he is I'm also not going to lie. I was really, really tempted to. <laughs> I will say it was very fun. <laughs> you can only go so far with that. Um, and then afterwards, looking at the lineup of characters when Dan's like, okay, we're going to make this a podcast and really be serious with it. Um, I was looking at all the characters and kind of their builds. And I was between like 
Frankenstein, Carmilla, and Wolfman. And I was looking at them, I'm like, I love barbarian characters. But barbarians are pretty simple playing-wise, and I think I'm probably going to have the most experience out of all the players here, because Dan had kind of told me who he's thinking about bringing on board. So I was like, okay, Carmilla and Wolfman, they're pretty complicated mechanically. And probably out of everyone, Wolfman's the most complicated. I was like, okay, let me think about that. Um, and then I was like, okay, he's the, I think other than Dr. Jekyll, he was the only good aligned character. And I really liked that because I was like, okay, we've got a team full of neutral or chaotic or evil characters. I was like, if we're supposed to be saving the world, we got to have someone that wants to save the world. So I was like, all right, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll be we'll be Larry Talbot. Uh, how am I going to portray this guy? I don't know. And then Dan and I watched the original Wolfman movie, which I will admit here and now, I hated the character on my initial watch. I thought he was a little creepy weirdo. I thought he was real <laughs> obnoxious. Um, but Dan can attest, because I've watched the movie three times at this point, I have fallen more in love with that character because I've kind of started to understand, like, who he is creepy he's, weirdo yeah he's a creepy little weirdo but but he's but you're so, my creepy little weirdo yeah but he's, <laughs> he's so like genuine and something that i don't follow he, in the movie he's very honest honest to a fault um and he's so sad he's He's so desperately sad of just uh, through the sequel movies, which I have also watched and I have, I adore the sequel movies because they're so ridiculous. Um, he's just so desperate in trying to get rid of this curse and thinking about the curse of a werewolf. It's so desperately sad. So I was like, okay, yeah. In fantasy made up games where you can do anything you want to, the one thing I desperately want to do is be good and nice to everyone. So gosh darn it, that's the tactic we're going to use here. Because I have such a hard time in these games being mean and like vindictive. I can in short bursts, like being a DM for other games, I can have a villain play them for five minutes and they go, I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to be a good little guy in this world team of just like chaos beings uh and and slowly over time i started really falling in love with the character like grayson i started building his backstory and using the original source material and going into what everything means and learning his history and blah 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 blah, blah. there's lots of larry lore but <laughs> <laughs> um but I was like, I freaking love this character. He he. It started off as a I don't know. I guess I'll do this one. Oh, actually, I hate the character. Actually, I absolutely love the character. Um, and how we decided him to be a warlock. Amazing, because originally we were gonna have him be a druid, because it's like, oh, it's it's a guy that can shape shift into animals. But having that different kind of relationship with the like that half of his magical powers that also really boosted him into being kind of i don't know fascinating i, I freaking love larry he's great uh, he's so good <laughs> i agree I mean, one of the funnest things is is like you build the backstory and the more you go into the backstory the more in love you start falling with the character 
Because yeah. even with Jack, I was just kind of like, okay, Invisible Man, <laughs> sure, he's a rogue. I'll just I'll pick him because of that. And then you make the backstory, and it just like I everything I, grows from that. Oh yeah. So you all, you all have are are in some sort of fandom but one of the things that attra that attracted all of you what i'm hearing is this storytelling aspect of it um being able to develop this story all together and and and, and um communal storytelling is kind of this really old um uh what's the word i'm looking for um thing tradition tradition, tradition. thank you um uh, i was just gonna settle with thing <clears throat> Uh, but tradition, but yeah, so it's, it's really old tradition, and and th doing this is kind of the next evolution of that, and that that kind of attract that was what attracted all of you kind of together. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, unless unless Aaron's like, nah, I just wanted to be cool. Well, <laughs> I actually, which he is have, very. I didn't have my uh, narrative uh, role fully set out yet when we started it, so all I knew that was that if anyone was going to be like, oh, is this a game to you? I was going to be the one who's like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> so so what's, one of the things that's kind of interesting about, about Dungeons & Dragons to me and listening to the show is this kind of idea of storytelling on your feet. Um, as Grayson, I believe, mentioned that, you know, oftentimes um, you have a set story in mind. And Dan and I talked a little bit before all of you showed up um, in the good times. And we, we talked a little bit about um, how um, uh, he has plans, but what but like the dice tell you the story has to go one way or or a mm. person's uh idea has to come the other way like i'm pretty sure that ben no offense to ben um didn't think that uh naming him n naming his character mary was going to make all of you just completely be like okay he, he uses they them pronouns yeah totally that was um that was a thing that we were kind of mulling around a little bit. I actually asked, um, like, when that decision was made, um, how the creature wanted to identify. And we have stuck with he, him pronouns for now. Uh, that's a thing that just as the story develops and as how Ben feels and how the character kind of grows and changes with time, that may come to change. But that's going to be entirely in Ben's purview and, um, like, how the character kind of flushes out there. He has made some really interesting decisions and he's kind of gone into it on the podcast. And I think he's talked about it in episodes that have come out about uh, what I think is a super unique take on the Frankenstein monster is being cobbled together from a whole bunch of different parts. Um, he's brought up that the Frankenstein monster doesn't necessarily know fully like what the origin of all of his pieces are, where um, I don't know if I have a man's brain or a woman's brain. I don't know where my heart comes from. I don't know what um like what all of these pieces i only know what i am i don't know what i'm made of and so that kind of more nebulous take uh i i feel like is a really interesting opportunity and an avenue that's not really pursued that often in depictions of the frankenstein monster so um it's a thing that i'm really excited to see where it goes and it's a thing that uh, like i said isn't necessarily set in stone yet one way or the other uh, for now, we are still using he, him pronouns, but depending on how Ben feels, that may stay the same, that may come to change. Uh, it's entirely based on how the story goes. So much of it is improvised that a lot of those details that kind of shape out the texture and the flavor of how the story progresses are completely open to change. And 
that unpredictability is so much of the appeal. Right. So for you, you mostly just kind of take these kind of big plot lines. This is we're going A, B, C, and D. And then because of how they've developed their backstories and things like that, you mold the story, the more minutiae of the story around what they have created and what they're just what they're discovering about their characters, right? Absolutely. Um, the way that I kind of approach this, I've got the shape and structure of how I want the events of the story to generally play out. Um, it's dangerous with this kind of structure to get too nailed down on specifics. Um, what I generally go by is I know the villains. I know what they're up to. I know what they want. And I know how they are driving things behind the scenes. And I've got a pretty good grasp of what each of these characters, I can't predict what they'll do, but I know vaguely what their values are, what is important to them, and what I think will challenge them. And that is a lot of the direction that we're going in the latter half of the story. We're still somewhere, I would say we're somewhere between a third to halfway through with the, um, with the plot at this point, which we are a handful of episodes ahead of what's been released, mm -hmm. but... Um, where we're at right now as we're kind of approaching these later stages of the story a lot of what i'm trying to put in their place for each of these character centric arcs is something that will challenge them and will kind of force them to kind of decide on a trajectory one way or another and will test the ideals that the players have kind of put at my feet and uh it's the sort of thing of like okay you say that this and this are important to you prove it Oh. Here is your opportunity <laughs> to decide what is more important to you. And I'm speaking in the abstract without going into specifics. Um, mm -hmm. There is, in the session that we recorded earlier today, we hit one of those moments. It was my turn. Are... <laughs> <laughs> well, I have so many questions I want to get to. So, Daniel, I have a question for you. Um, you mentioned, you've mentioned on the show and you mentioned here that you are really into, you, you spent a lot of time studying Egypt ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. um, so for you, when, when, when Dan said you have to play Imhotep, were you like, hell yeah? Um, it, I mean, the, he, he was like, here's my list. We're going to have this one, this one, you're going to be the mummy. <laughs> I was kind of like, do I have to be the mummy? I'm like, no, but you're going to be the mummy. He didn't yeah. Make oh, me, predictions. Like, he was like, yeah, he was yeah. like, he didn't make me, but he was like, you're going to play the mummy. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play the mummy. He had the <laughs> option to play other characters if he so wanted, but knowing Daniel, it was <laughs> kind of a foregone conclusion beforehand. And so it was a little bit jokey, but yeah, um, it, was, it was, he wasn't actually making me do it. So now, how much, how much of your, because like, here's, here's, so fandom oftentimes, and it's kind of bringing it back to what this podcast is actually about, it's about fandom. Um, the idea that 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 fandom can be anything. I consider religion to be a fandom, sports fandom. Um, all the all these things, all I believe, are considered under the purview of fandom. I'm a huge mythology nut. I would consider that my fandom as well, part of my fandom as well. So for Daniel, how much of your fandom influenced your character? Um, actually, so Dan gave us all rough backstories or at least he, i know at least from mine he gave a rough backstory um and i said cool we're not gonna do that <laughs> uh and i kind of threw a lot of it out the window and 
Um, I think by this point, I've name-dropped Akhenaten a few times, who was a real king, who was really crazy, and throughout, you said you like uh, the mythology, so I assume you know a little bit about the Egyptian mythology and stories and stuff, right? Not as much as I would like. I used to, when I was a kid, I was really into Egypt, but then I went to Greece. Oh, you had that Egypt book. I know you did. <laughs> yeah, the, the one that <laughs> yeah. everyone had. Egypt, oh, yeah. Egyptology book, that big, big hardback one that you got at the school library. The school yeah. Gold is beautiful. I had the Dragonology. I had Wizardology. I had Egyptology. I got Pyridology. I had the Dragonology board game. I there, was board game? there was a board Daniel, game? Daniel, there's a board game? There was a board game. I don't have it anymore. I lost <laughs> it like half the... I got it when I was like fourth fifth grade i was not gonna take no, care of i had a drag i had a dragonology book when i was a kid too i freaking loved that thing but um ben we'll talk <laughs> <laughs> but um crap where was i brain fart you had the egyptology Egypt uh, yes mythology. so um you've studied you you know at least a little bit about it uh akhenaten came through and said hey we're gonna throw all of that out and be a sun cult mm. and then nice. Uh, his son, who we all know, Tutankhamun, came through and said, no, my dad was crazy. We're going back to the old ways, which is clearly what the nine-year-old said. Um, yes. <laughs> but and not his advisors and people above Exactly. That. Not his advisors. Not, it's, you know. like, it's like when moms like tweet fake, like, fake kids. My thoughts. son said, uh, my son said this thing and everybody clapped. Yeah. <laughs> my son, my, 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 my son said this and everybody in Egypt cheered. But yes. um, I when I learned about that one, I'm like, this dude is crazy. There was a lot of interesting stories that I learned, but for some reason, Akhenaten just stuck out to me just because he was just when the te- when the professor calls him the heretic king, that name sticks in your head. Sure. And so yeah. I was like, I want to write that into my backstory. So I took like the framework that Dan gave me and I reworked it to. Um, a priest of Osiris who was told to come and lead the sun cult, but still led the um, cult of Osiris in secret until he was caught. Um, the stuff with the, 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 we had, we had stuff with his wife and a um, life and all this stuff. I have to work some more of that stuff out a little bit, but I was like, I want to throw in this guy and I made sure that that was part of my narrative, so that's how it's gone. And so I have done my best to throw little bits and pieces here, um, but yeah, that's a. Uh... It's good. So Aaron, yeah, because your screen's getting darker and darker. Oh, um... I can turn on light. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> He's before you just completely oh just lose we're, you in the darkness. We're saving um... the best for last. The star of the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're, so you your character is a fan of the opera um were you just like i really like the schumacher film absolutely not uh no actually that's like the least compelling iteration i think for me but what was compelling was the iteration i feel like a fair amount of the story is pretty set in stone I'm always going to kidnap someone. I'm always going to be a, a certain a certain way. But mm-hmm. where like every iteration differs is kind of what direction the ending takes and whether it's sympathetic or antagonistic towards the character. Um and I liked that dubiousness mm-hmm. like a lot. And that gave me a lot of freedom for 
well, how do I want to transition from here, which is going pretty well, to here, which is I'm not even in Paris anymore, which has got to be a pretty dismally bad <laughs> ending. <laughs> um, and Dan had just mentioned offhand something about uh, the Paris Opera House burning down. And I was like, oh my god, the whole fucking thing, huh? Jeez. <laughs> um, so... I, I really liked that. And of course, mm -hmm. uh, I, I like the way the character is portrayed. And I liked that it said bard. Because I feel like bards, mechanically, you have to like. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> and he... And you challenged sucks. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's terrible. So how do you like... Uh, I liked the tension that exists there. That's interesting. Um, okay, so... Grayson... Yes. You were on a podcast before. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> see, ben and I talked about it on his on his, on his thing. We're not going to name drop the podcast, um, but you were on you were on a podcast before. Um, and I uh, were you just kind of and you started a YouTube channel um, where you where you put where you put up uh, video games and were you just kind of itching to get back into podcasting? Um, in a way, yes. Uh, but mostly because I went to school for radio and broadcast, I really just didn't want to lose that practice. And it wasn't so much as uh, me um, trying to figure out a way to get on a podcast or anything like that. It was mostly just I started doing the YouTube thing just so that way, um, if by chance I ever was to be put into a situation, whether I'm doing uh, voice work or I'm potentially doing something on air. I don't want to look at a microphone and be like, oh my God, this is the scariest thing in the world. Because I remember my very first days in radio broadcast and I didn't know, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know uh, how it would be coming across. And I didn't know um, what I should and shouldn't do with the microphone itself. So for me, like all that thought would, I was afraid that all that thought would essentially revert back to that and that's why I started doing the YouTube thing. And then, like I said, I was a big fan of audio dramas, especially after uh, Dan and myself, we worked on our, um, it was our senior project. Uh, I did a lot of the uh, background work for all that. And um, once we finished up school, I really got into the audio dramas and started listening to them. And then again, slowly just kind of fell into D and Dark and stuff, or uh, the... Uh, D and D podcast. <laughs> D and Dark podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> all of them are just now labeled D and Dark podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, that's as the as genre. they should be. As they yeah. should be. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you guys like gunning for critical role? Like, what's the end? Oh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're, we're coming for you. Oh uh, yeah, I love being eaten alive. <laughs> ben. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Young Frankenstein? Not yet. Okay, you should. <gasps> um, that's that. That's not related to this episode. I just wanted to ask him. Can we do Ben? Can we do like a live watch at some point where we yes. all just watch together? I mean, I mean yes. we either have to do a live watch or we all gang up on Frankenstein and we kill it. <laughs> well, because I was going to mention, I was going to name check his brain being Abby Normal. Yeah, like he yeah. wouldn't get that reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. So anyway, um, yeah, watch that movie. It's great. You'd like it. I know. I, I, I will. I will. I will. Take your time. 
Take your time. It's, I didn't mean to like call you out, Ben. No, I didn't mean to call you out, Ben. But like, you should fact, watch it. I think you'd like it. The fact that there was a giant reaction from Janae and Jordan, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I'm in trouble. Because that reminded me of back when, Brandon, when you and I were in school and you were mentioning movies. Like, oh, yeah, I've never seen that movie. And you would just be like, but you know the lines. I'm like, yeah, osmosis. I tried <laughs> so hard to stop that. He well, knows so many. He... Where... Sorry, Sorry, you first. No, it's okay. Uh, what I was saying was, it's it's a thing that, like, especially now, there's so much media content out there that yeah. exists now that it's you you can't be reasonably expected to have seen all of like the big culturally significant ones. Yeah. Um, it's a matter of time. Uh, Young Frankenstein happens to be um, in my top two personal favorite films. Yes, it is um, one that I know you will very much enjoy and get a lot out of. Um, it's not going anywhere. True. Um, I was actually that's a really that's a really good point. The um, and Ben, I didn't mean to call you out. I apologize. I was just curious if you <laughs> I'm would. Sorry get the for reference. my reaction. I just I know you're going to love it so much. And you will be like something in your brain will like be different after you've watched it. It will. It's sort of like seeing Monty Python the Holy Grail for the first time. Yeah, you've and seen that, right? Of course, I've seen Monty okay. Python. Well, you can't say of course, Ben. <laughs> no, no, I, no. We, we have to double I, I check feel like, now. I feel like every theater kid is required by law to watch Monty Python at Holy and the Holy Grail at least once in their life. Thank you. I, Thank I you was for not me. a theater kid, and yet I still saw it. Everyone besides Grayson. Um, <laughs> you all, I think you all mentioned being being interested in theater, or at least part of theater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would funny. consider, I would also, because again, everything's a fandom. I would consider that a fandom. Um, <laughs> the, the, the uh, being a theater kid, I, I, I believe is very similar to, you know, it leads to many places, cosplay, LARPing, D and D. It leads to it leads to all of that, and and I think that's really interesting. Um, so you all were kind of shepherded to D and D through this podcast, but is there other aspects that theater has led you to? Like, how many of you cosplay? I'll see it. Like, you can't raise your hand because it's an audio <laughs> podcast. Oh, sorry, oh, I, I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> uh, I I try. Like, Brandon, sure. you've seen me try. I have seen you try, and I know, and, and I know your goal. That yeah, is me that calling is. you out. That... <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Let's not t- let's not talk about that one, shall we? Yeah, Ben and I have been. I don't know who, how many of you guys know uh, uh, know my relationship with Ben, but I've known him since college. We we went yeah. we went to season oh, nice. together, um, and he's the only person I still talk to from that college. Pretty much. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, but yeah, so I think it's really interesting that like these the these these fandom spaces, and this is kind of how you're kind of how you're um engaging with your fandom is through this through this thing. You're kind of keeping that idea of being a theater kid alive through this communal storytelling. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And um like because what D D ostensibly is is long form improv with some heavy guardrails. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes it really does lend itself well as a continuation of that thing. And um, Aaron and Daniel and I have known each other since middle school, Um, all through high school. We did theater together. We did, we were on the improv team together. And so we got our kind of feet wet doing that a little bit. I continued on doing improv a little bit in college and fell off it a little bit. This is kind of 
I don't want to speak for the two of them, but for me, it's a little bit of a way for me to kind of keep that spark going and to kind of like keep those instincts strong, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're I was sending a lot of bullshit from us. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I mentioned to Ben specifically, so, and I, I don't mind sharing the story that I was really happy when the show dropped that he had this show because I know, Ben, you talk a lot about how much you really want to play Dungeons and Dragons. You really want to LARP. You really want to cosplay. Um, the, all these, all these things stem from you being a theater kid and, and kind of craving that, that interaction of fandom again. And so when you, when this show dropped, I was genuinely really happy for you. And I think it kind of goes for, for all of you, that it's really cool that you all have, are keeping this space alive together. Right. Well, fandom is sort of like a, 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 an avenue of self-expression, right? Mm -hmm. And for every little part of me or I, I assume for anybody you, you know there's there's some sort of community to be had there you just got to look for it really mm -hmm. and that could be said of anything um you gotta you gotta recognize it first within yourself to seek it out yeah it's definitely mm -hmm. it you it requires you to seek it out but also at sometimes you could just get damn lucky um I, I definitely feel that i've it been damn you. lucky. yeah i've been damn lucky because uh, when i was last on the show talking to brandon that on on my social media especially my twitter i've fallen into this great group of retro video game uh players and podcasters and everything and of course i'm on grayson's channel like he and i are talking not only when i go to to go to grayson's channel to record we also go to old school video game um uh, video game arcade to play games every once in a while and even to talk about uh, Brand's thing about me being able to play Dungeons and Dragons, I want to say, and just to like just go cosplay and just let my fantasy flag fly, it definitely stems from something that I feel that I'm finally free and I'm finally able to talk about these nerdy things and be, I mean, partially be myself, but also be like, I'm not afraid to mention this in a certain crowd. Like, I remember the very first time I went to a Renaissance fair here over in um, Irwindale. I was I went there with my brother, his friend, and it was just us two. And the only reason why we went is because my brother had to go to get extra credit for an assignment. I was in <laughs> absolute shock and awe. I was like, this is, a, I was seeing all the different costumes. I was like, looking at all the different things, like all, everything to me was like, this is amazing. My brother and his friend absolutely despised it. They oh, were like, this sucks, oh, this is no. lame, this is... And we were in high school at the time. They were saying essentially every single bad thing about it, and all I wanted to do was buy a wizard's hat, buy a staff, and yell, you shall not pass to every single person I met. As and, any normal person would. Yeah, and I unfortunately didn't get to experience the Renaissance Fair in that way until I met some other friends in the theater department, and then years later, where now it's like... I can openly say in a group of people, yeah, I play Dungeons and Dragons and no one's going to really bat an eye at me. They'll be like, oh, that's neat. Or, I mean, so I might spark conversations like, oh, what's that like? How do you guys, what do you do? What do all the dice do? Or mm -hmm. I've been thinking about getting into myself. Where should I start? What should I do? And I'm like, I can now either point them in a direction to get themselves started or I can just tell them exactly how Dean Dark goes. Like, hey, listen to Dean Dark and just to like to gush on the show when i went to universal um horror nights this past halloween i was talking to like three different people who were universal team members and i got each and every one of them to listen and find the show on their phones 
Nice. Nice. It was. I mean, the, I mean, the fact that because I was looking, you know, you're looking real at quickly, the... Ben, real quickly on Jordan's thing. Yes, you do need t-shirts. We are actually we are actually working on that. Listen, Jordan, if you want to do a collab, I used to design uh, clothing. Ooh, you heard it here first, guys. Yes, I have a t-shirt logo ready to go months after we've discussed it. (laughs) 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 These might already be out. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've got um, I I do a lot of the art on the show, and that's been my number one like passion project. Dan will sit in his chair editing the podcast, and I will sit in my chair just drawing. Um, And so I keep thinking about like different ways and like art to like get out there and spread the word. Because I know for me, I'm a very visual person, and I need to like see what's going on to be able to connect to it emotionally. Um, so I'm working on trying to make like different animations. I'm working on speed draws. I'm working on posters. I do have a t-shirt design ready. Dan's talked about mugs. I think we should also get business cards that if you go to places like Universal, you can be like, yeah, I'm a part of this podcast. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's this. Uh, and then, you know, if you were on the other side, you'd never remember. You're like, it's Dan something and you hand them this. Anyways, so we're gonna check out the shirt thing i've never done something like that before janae if you got experience with that i would love the help with that definitely Uh, yeah sure we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah there is definitely a trajectory that i have lined out for um different mile markers that we still are aiming to hit and merch is one that is closer than um you might think listen if I don't get a D and Dark Eda bag, I I will I will well, make it for myself. Well, Ben. Oh, that's a big threat. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, Ben. Um, but so on our website, fictionpodcast.com, link below. Um, you can uh, you can go to. We have each individual blogs. The four of us have blogs. I'm the only one who uses mine. Um, but on Ben's, that's true. Is linked. I've linked Dean Dark for for Ben. If she ever wants to oh. use it, it's it's there. Oh, awesome! Yeah, uh, I did not know that. Well, just, thank just you. Much appreciated. To, just a heads up to the rest of the cast. Um, every Sunday they do a fake nerd podcast, and uh, when I go down to the description, we're actually there. Like the most <laughs> oh. recent episode is sitting there. Oh, oh. I mean, I'm part of it, and I do talk about the show when when we talk about our weeks, and it does get really hard, especially like the session uh, the session of today. Um, I know that this episode isn't like, like the the session we recorded today isn't going to come out for a decent long while. Probably out by the time they're listening to this, though. Possibly, right. if it is, if it is cool. If not, oh, if not, it's coming. We swear. But especially like when when Brandon listens to the show, or even when my co-host Ryan listens to the show, I want to tell him so many cool things that happened that we have recorded and they're ready to go. But I don't want to spoil it for them, and it makes me say, "I want to tell you this thing, especially the thing that happened today. I want to tell Brandon about it so (laughs) bad, but I can't." Did you tell them when the only time I ever texted you about 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 something you did on the show? Did you tell Um, them about that? I don't think I I did. You did. I think you told me about it. So I was on. I, so I I I recently started going to the gym, uh, and I so I listened to Doctor Who audiobooks and D and Dark. Um, those are the two things I listen to. Apparently, I'm such a damn nerd. <laughs> um, 
but hey, I'm a new Doctor Who fan. I get it. I, I, I'm <laughs> listening too. to the audiobook, so you know. Um, awesome. And of the obscure Doctor, the one that nobody ever watched. Anyway, whatever. Um, but I, <laughs> so I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm on the elliptical. Ben's like, I want to sharpen my bone club, and I'm like, Ben. <laughs> Ben. <laughs> ben. <laughs> okay, but see, honestly, I'm thinking the same exact thing because he's like, I'm going to dip it in acid. I'm like, I'm sitting here at the computer. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what I will say in Ben's defense, when you are uh, like, when you're mid session, your brain is working at probably 30% capacity because of the different things that you've got to focus on and just kind of being in the middle of it, uh, your scope narrows and hyper-focuses so much on what you're doing that you become super blind to a lot of what would otherwise be really obvious things. That's a thing that I've, <laughs> I've heard talked about on other D&D podcasts and that I've noticed myself as a player. I yeah. am not oblivious but i miss so many very obvious things when i'm playing that from the outside looking in are um are painfully obvious mm. <laughs> but it's just being in that headspace being in the character being in the moment uh, that stuff doesn't quite register and click the same way and it's to the benefit uh he is playing it makes for things makes things very entertaining makes things very fun and like kind of helps establish the character and keep the stakes high. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing that I really enjoy about this entire group is they are so very good at hyper-focusing on the niche that their characters need to fill in order to keep the show, in order to keep the momentum of the plot going and the show's entertainment engaging. Yeah. Uh, it, it also totally helps when like this D20 right here can be your best or wor best friend or worst enemy because yeah. had I roll high enough, it probably would have worked. I was so, going to say, be... I want to defend Ben too. Normally, Dan lets us get away with it. So I could have yeah. been fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, I let you guys get away with so much absurd bullshit. You really, uh, do. You really you do. do. You're very lenient. I appreciate Basically, it. Yeah. I, I still got to say that I love the part where I put these guys behind a group of soldiers that you cannot go and talk to. So roll stealth. And I'm like, okay, cool. I roll stealth. I get past them. So, I mean, you got to love the fact that like Dan is incredibly good and he's like, he's very on it. Like he's able to like work with us, even with our bullshit that we try to do and we try yeah. and break the game. Yeah, it's especially kind of, my bullshit. It's really, it's really interesting to me to hear because, like, you know, Daniel be like, you know, you're going left, you're going right, you're going west, you're going east, and I'm directionally dyslexic, so I have no idea what the hell's going on. But yeah. um, it's re it's really interesting that you have to you have to keep all the the pieces, all the all the all the ancillary characters that you play, as well as where they are, as well as what they're doing, all all together. Like that's incredible, honestly so hard it's so freaking hard when i would dm especially in the early times i had to like pause my players when they'd ask me a million questions for like my brain is overheating i need a second to recoup i will answer your questions in a minute but dan especially with the episodes that are just coming out now uh which it's it's uh february early in february with the um doppelganger fight he was playing all of us at the same time. He had all of our character sheets and he wasted, he had to edit out no time when he was doing all of that because he was just on it, jumping in between character sheets and shoot, yeah. I forget what spells I can do. So <laughs> I'm like, hold up one second. I need to read though. this book real quick. So 
he's he's super on it and i i hope he feels appreciated he even did a better asmr version of me <laughs> that was really funny that was really funny <laughs> it was um i i will say for that episode batch specifically it was I, it took me two weeks to recover from it because my brain was so fried by the end of it. Oh. Uh, it was obscenely difficult, but it was a lot of fun. And I, like, for the entertainment value, absolutely worth it. Um, so we're going a little longer, going longer than, than, I, than I anticipated. I should have realized you seven people here. Um, but... <laughs> Um, I, I want to talk about um, one of the things I really like talking about on conversation are safe spaces for fandom specifically, because I think it's actually really important. I know safe spaces gets a lot, it gets a negative connotation in a lot of place in a lot of, in a lot of spaces on the internet, but I think it's really important that fandom people within fandom find safe spaces. They find community and not there. So say on Twitter, um, for example, I'm, I'm very active on Twitter to a fault. I do not have a safe space on Twitter. Um, but you try to find people. But what I think is important is that you find people to follow that are going to reinforce yourself uh, and your own fandom and make you feel good about yourself. And what I think what I think is so interesting about D&D or Dan Dark um, is that the interacting within the fandom is such a communal thing that your kind of group become your safe space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any thoughts on that? Unless you Yeah. How important do you think it is to find that safe space, especially when you're kind of doing this this show, Jordan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember a question that Dan asked me, and I'm pretty sure he asked everybody, was okay, what are what are your like because this is going to be like horror based it's a lot of comedy but there will be horror and he will be trying to push you to like mental extremes so i remember he him asking that what are your triggers what's something that's too far um and i've realized after watching um stepford wives and a few other movies and i won't touch the new invisible man movie because i i hate I it's I I watched I watched someone review it and I was like that looks amazing I can't do it because I hate gaslighting like mm-hmm. when it's like that real serious it it freaks me out to an extreme so I told Dan like if I have to bring up something uh, it would be like extreme gaslighting uh, and then um, there was a character that came up that he was like here's an idea I have for a character I want to run it by you really quick to make sure that this won't be too much for you. And he explained the context of the character um, uh, and kind of explained it to me. And I was like, you know, uh, that that's completely fine. That's not a big deal. If it was like this and if you took it down this path, that would freak me out and I, I would have a bad time in the podcast. But he's very good of being conscious about I want to push you guys to emotional extremes, but I do not want to overstep those boundaries. And he does a really great job facilitating that. Can I piggyback off of that one? Yeah. Um, so for the games that I've run, I've run a module for D&D called Curse of Strahd, which is also a, a horror campaign. And so that was the first thing that I also did with my players. I'm like, hey, this is going to be a horror game. I am intentionally going to make you guys uncomfortable. Are you okay with that one? I still mentioned the rhino, the rhinoceros beetle grub to one of my players, and he he 
he we he jokingly gets weirded out about it, but like I make sure, you know, hey, if this is not what something you want to do, please let me know. I'm running a game right now for the same group that's um it's a different system. It's called Lancer, it's all mechas. And recently nice. I was like I was like, okay guys, this is a war story. We're gonna get into some really rough stuff. Are you guys okay with that one? Especially when to like one of them, because I'm like, I have something in mind for your character that could be really hard do you think you'll be okay with it and you know i i i think that safe spaces in these games especially when you're telling a group narrative is incredibly important because if one person isn't having fun then it's they're not going to contribute there's no point to have the group narrative at that point you might as well just write your own story Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. oh absolutely there's a thing um it's kind of a, a general D philosophy that a lot of people um kind of toss around as advice for people newly getting into it and um, like specifically for new dungeon masters and new uh, game runners is the importance of a session zero which is basically the um like laying the groundwork and foundation establishing what um what your game's going to focus on where the boundaries are what's acceptable and what's not uh, both from players and from the DM. And um, it is a thing that is that I find very important and that I've tried to make a big cornerstone of how I meet with all of these players and try to be very conscious of. That being said, I do like to kind of push, I like to try to push a little bit into um, different kind of horror niches. Most of the time, I kind of end up in some variety of body horror but um <laughs> Imhotep. Or, <laughs> I was gonna say but I, I do too. like keeping I, yeah. I do like keeping the balance kind of like 80-20 to 90-10 in terms of comedy to horror. It was really interesting. I really really quickly just want to call out some of the I just thought about which is an example from earlier, way, way earlier in the episode when we talked about the kind of communal storytelling being dictated by dice, is that uh Jordan, I recall in the nightclub scene um as dan was describing it you were not into at all what was happening (laughs) but your character had to be yeah because i I made that a choice because i i love it it's sort of fun when you take a little bit of the choice away from yourself and kind of be like okay what how is the role play i love going odds or evens which way am i going to choose so we had the grotesque kind of dancers doing a thing up on the stage and i was like that is so icky i'm getting eked out right now let me see how eked out Larry gets. Cause I'm like, I love playing with the constitution role. Cause it doesn't have much use other than mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I'll have him roll to see how he does. I think I rolled like a 20 or something. And I was like, no, I'm going to roll again. And I think I rolled an 18. I was like, I guess he likes it. I guess he, <laughs> he likes it. Cool. But later on. And I talked with Dan about this. Cause I, I have a lot of time at work where I, aud- audibly nothing else is going on. So I'm thinking about the podcast. So it's like, okay, why with my scared little nervous character who freaks out, wants to run away from everything, why was like zombies tearing off their face on stage cool? And I was like, oh, this builds the character because he likes the idea of like the safety net of like, oh, this is a performance. This is something safe. It's like a guy watching a horror movie. Hmm. He doesn't want to actually be there and experience it, but knowing that he's able to endure it and be safe, that's cool. 
And then thinking about the stuff I had him eke out before that the roles were like, you throw up, you're nauseous, you're feeling sick. Those were all very like visceral attack moments of like biting and blood and stuff Violence. like that violence and I was violence like, for violence's sake he yeah. yeah and it was a lot of like blood and consuming because it was like a lot of vampire moments yeah uh, and i was like oh of course he hates that because what does his werewolf do his werewolf right. eats things and bites and tears and has these like carnal awful moments so he sees stuff like that and that freaks him out. But somebody performing on a stage where they do like a face tear off, that's so it's stuff like that, that even though in the moment I was eked out in my character split from me, it turned into a really fascinating character development moment that I don't know if it reads through the podcast, but I, I had so much fun making that realization that I never would have done on my own. Interesting. Thank you, Dice. <laughs> yeah, and that was a that was another one early on to where I had to roll for the random person that we saw in episode one, and literally because I rolled too high, that's why Jack ends up attacking and stabbing Phantom. Like we yeah. could have been we could have been really good friends like early on, but Dan was like, "Nope, you know him." And I was like, "That's Shit. true." Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's like, "Oh man." <laughs> no i i think aaron secretly loves it because uh it makes the, the phantom like get to be the victim and that's the starring role <laughs> what do you mean secretly loves it <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's always so interesting listening to the show because like uh you guys will do something completely like dan clearly is like i don't want you to do this but you're doing it so i guess <laughs> Do something. Do, I guess I'll let you do it. Good. <laughs> I I want to, if if I can, like like stoke Dan's ego a little bit. One when, when I was watching some videos for like how to dungeon master or how to be a good dungeon master, because now that I'm actually playing D and D on a regular on a semi or regular semi regular basis, and my roommate gifted me the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Monster Manual for Christmas. Now I want to start doing a game. I want to start doing another type of thing and. I would research and one of the best, the like one of the biggest tips is like, even if you have like a set narrative and you're really doing your damage to make your players go left and they go right, just let it happen. You're as you're the one who's trying to narrate the story. If you have like, oh, there's a castle to the west that you must go, we're gonna go east. There's a dungeon to the east. What is in there? And it's mm -hmm. like, oh hey, what's this over here? And they you can like I mean it does help it to be improv does help. But also makes it so it's like um, your your players and characters. It's like this mishmash of like, oh, I want to try and kill this NPC, but then like, say a player says, no, I cast levitate, and on the guillotine, it's like, roll for it. And if it happens, it's like, cool. The executioner is very is very surprised. It's like, why won't the axe? Why won't the blade fall? And <laughs> sees you roll for initiative, yeah. and you can do like it really. Uh, the mark of to me the, even though i've only had dan as like a dm for a very long period of time he lets us go on our bullshit he loves the rule of cool and it it just it makes it so like we can do i mean there are stakes to our game there are times where i would play and the dice aren't just in my favor and things do end up really really bad for some of our characters ben's like oh no i'm dying guys he's sitting <laughs> at like 20 health <laughs> <laughs> and, and all of us are like sitting at like 
maybe just single digits or maybe the low teens. Yeah. <laughs> One time that hey, happened. You know, he's our frontliner. He's got to have, if he's out of double digits, we're all going down. I oh, yeah. paid for the big HP. I'm using the big HP. That's right. If you look at it at a, as a percentage, they're paying a lot more in terms of rent. Mm. <laughs> um. Okay, so we should probably start winding down. I know you guys You guys just recorded an episode, um, so oh, you're probably I love tired. I talking about this. You're ready <laughs> I love <to> leave. <laughs> No, 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 you're ready to leave. Um, oh, okay. You're like, oh, I'm just... Yeah, we're, ready to leave. we're ready to leave, Brandon. We're ready to leave. Um, she, so, Jordan, you did not high, roll high enough persuasion that time. <laughs> yeah. I know. Damn, Again, I you never fail do. on lying. <laughs> uh. so, the, so the idea of doing a Dungeons & Dragons type show is, is I've noticed getting a lot more popular um over there's a few of them and i'm not just talking about critical role which has a an animated has two animated shows now yep wild um but like the so like where's the mcelroy uh the adventure zone the adventure zone and the dadlands i don't know any of those but anyway you don't know the mcelroy no, I mean, he started this brother, interview saying... My brother, my brother, and me? Oh, my God. He started this interview saying we're the only D&D podcast he listens to, so... True. I mean, um, true, but... And not for lack of trying, I just don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, and It's okay, just listen to us, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. But, like, the, 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 the interesting thing about, about that is that the, because there are, there are so many, do you find it difficult to kind of, were you, like, daunted to, like, get into the space? Were you just thinking to yourself, like, oh, do we want to do another Dungeons & Dragons podcast? Or were you really confident in the idea of, like, this is original enough that um, this is different, this is, this is fresh, um, and, it, and it adds to the table? Or were you just like, I just want to do it? It's kind of a yes to all of that. Yeah. Um, it was the sort of thing where it hadn't occurred to me to make it into a podcast until I was chatting with Grayson and he brought the idea to me. And um, it was it was kind of a lucky coincidence that it was a um, an interesting enough gimmick to be able to kind of sustain itself and stand out a little bit. It was the sort of thing that um, I just kind of have the mentality of, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in. And uh, when we started preparing for it and I was kind of doing a lot of my early preparation for it, I listened to a pretty wide variety of D&D podcasts to try to figure out, okay, what aspects do I like from each of these shows that I want to try to focus in on and kind of make our show? What can I kind of cobble together? What can I learn from this one? What does this one do that I like? What does this one like that I don't like that I want to steer away from? And uh, I kind of stuck a, I kind of dipped a toe into a wide pond and listened to a little bit of a lot of it and it was the sort of thing that until we were doing it I didn't realize just how many D&D podcasts there are there are there is a lot of competition there but I was already committed to doing it and mm. um, my mindset to that kind of reinforced a little bit of it uh, okay, well, we've got all of this competition. We gotta go hard. So I gotta put everything I've got into this so that we stand a chance of standing out. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a lot of the resources and everything that I put into it are to try and give us the most polished and best product that we can. And I wanna put out something worth listening to. A thing that I realized when I was listening to a whole bunch of D&D &D podcasts is 
that I am not necessarily a fan of listening to D&D podcasts. <laughs> so that was part of the focal point for me was, how do I make this a show that is entertaining? How do I make a D&D podcast for people who aren't necessarily interested in D&D podcasts and make it as entertaining and dynamic enough on its own, minus the general format of it? So uh, it was... It was something that I started into, saw kind of the daunting wave of competition, and just forced myself to ignore it, dig down, and do my best to try and stand out from it. Yeah, and I don't mean I didn't mean my question is any sort of slight, by the way, because like my, mind you, Ben and I are part of our, our four. We, ben, ben and I are two of four white people who run a geek pop culture <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so like the. We 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 are in, we are a small pebble in a very big pond. So like, <laughs> I think obviously, the pond is a, I think the pond is an ocean at this point, bro. Yeah, so like, on, I take so like, no honestly, offense to it whatsoever. Um, and, and I think that's a that's a really good outcome when you're looking at it. Like when you're looking at it at something like Fictor Podcast and D and Dark, where it's like you know, it, you can't think like, oh, well, anybody, what will be the point of putting something like this out because everyone else is everyone else and their mother is doing something like this. It's got to be like I have a passion for this. I want to do this. This is the thing. This is I, I want. I, I if I put this out, I will be proud of it. And at the end of the day, that's really all that needs to matter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. I took no offense to that. That is just a reality of what we do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, the, and... the, the, that's the thing about the podcast space. There's so many yeah. podcasts out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also, I I want to if if I may, I think it also attributes to the fact that D and D is becoming more mainstream, and I'm hundred percent all for that. Mm-hmm. People getting into tabletop role playing games. It's not something that people do. I mean, we still play in basements. Should do if we have a basement. But at the same time, people go like go into spaces like no, this is a great excuse for myself and a bunch of my friends to get together um, uh, once twice three times a month mm-hmm. um it's a great way for us and like when brandon when brandon and i when you and i started doing this podcast it was a great it was an excuse to go hang out almost every, every week because we wouldn't after we graduated it was like do you want to hang out i'm busy and then we have a podcast and now we see each other almost every week yeah, I, if i didn't have the podcast i wouldn't even see you honestly <laughs> probably um, we're so busy <laughs> Um, but Aww. yeah, that's the thing about that's the thing about again finding that space. Like the Factor Podcast is Ben and I's space. Ben has Base Arcade Pause Mini, where that that's his space. You know these these places where he's allowed. To, and Ben has I don't listen to Ben Magnet's conversation. It's sad as hell. Um, but he, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like in in an endearing way, not in a slight way, Ben. Uh, because Ben, no, no, had, I Ben Ben struggled with his fandom for many years. Yo, hardcore. So, like, so like the idea of like having these places to come in and, um, you know, once or twice a week uh, to have a four hour long pop culture podcast that goes live every Sunday night, <sighs> tomorrow night, guys, um, it's uh, it, it's important at the end of the day. It's, a, it's really important to have those those spaces going back to the safe space conversation. Well, thank you so much for bringing us into an aspect of your space. And we're very happy to have you be a part of our little space for a while. This is the Venn diagram. Yeah, to meet and see and talk with all these guys. Like, I absolutely adore everybody that's involved in the podcast. And I wouldn't be able to interact with them as, like, what you were saying. I wouldn't speak with these guys nearly. I would never have met Ben or Janae. Uh, 
that it's just such a wonderful opportunity to connect with people in a busy adult life. And I'm, I'm very glad that uh, you've brought us into your space and, and that you were able to enjoy D and dark and, and it's just, it's wonderful. It just makes me so happy. I freaking love this podcast. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. I've, yeah. I've a got a, I've got one question for Brandon. Mm. Who's your favorite character? <gasps> oh, anyway, thanks guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's the correct answer. <laughs> correct answer. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, if I may guess for Brandon, knowing him, it's probably Emotep. Ah, oh, good. Good choice. Anyway, thanks so much. I appreciate yeah. you guys being on. The, it's not actually. I don't, no offense, Daniel. Um, <laughs> no, all offense taken. All offense. All right, taken. that's fine. I, that's what that's what conversation is for. Offending what about that safe space you were talking about? <laughs> it was I, a lot. I, Daniel doesn't feel very safe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, are really important. Don't joke about that. That's true. <laughs> Um, and I, um, like I mentioned, I think I mentioned up top that this is, you know, this, this, this podcast was developed for me to be a therapy, um, because of how I interact with fandom spaces is, is primarily a negative way. And it's something that I, that I try to change. And this, that's what, that's why I started this, this show. So I have something of my own that I can control that is my safe space. And as, as much as Fakner podcast is, and I'm very proud of Fakner podcast and Fakner's watch and basement. Okay. Pause menu and basement. Arcade and animation station and miscellaneous. And, uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I'm so like, I'm really proud of all those shows. This is, this is my child. This is my, this is the one where I come to and I talk to cool people and I talk to, people I never would have met on Fickner podcast. And I engage with them on their, what their fandom is because what if they had a similar journey to what I go through or can their journey inform how I, or how I interact with fandom. And I find that to be very important. Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. So and to kind of echo what Jordan was saying, we are all very appreciative of you having us on here and kind of opening mm-hmm. the space up to converse with you. This has been an awesome time. Oh, yes. I'm really happy yeah, about to hear that. I hope you all had, I hope you all I'll share that sentiment and I hope you all had a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give the floor to you guys to plug some things. Ben, don't plug anything. I'll plug it for you at the end of the day, at the end <laughs> of the podcast. Um, we have the same plugs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but uh, uh, danger, Dan. If you want to start, if you want to plug, uh, obviously your show and your social medias. Uh, certainly, you can um, listen to DN Dark at if you go to dndarkpodcast.com, It's got basically redirect links to um, all of our socials and a small handful of the streaming services we are on. We are on basically every streaming platform, so you can find us. Uh, you can find us at dndarkpodcast.com is kind of where all of those go. Uh, for me personally, all of my stuff is Danger Dangers. So uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Reddit. I am, well, not Reddit, but all of those others, I am at Danger Dangers. So if you want to follow me, I mostly just talk about D and Dark. So uh, <laughs> you'll get, if you like this, you'll get more of it. Yep. Grayson, plug your socials and your YouTube page. Uh, YouTube and socials are pretty much going to be under the same thing, just Grayson Live. Um, I've, I'm horrible when it comes to all that. I'm not practiced. Uh, <laughs> YouTube, I uh, just do story-based games that I know that I enjoy. And um, I get to have Ben on every now and then. 
And uh, I also did a small behind the scenes with all the cast here. Um, it's in one of the playlists called Into the Dark. So if you want to find out like how they kind of went on their journey of creating the characters and then also Dan was there as well and he shared his creation process of the uh, story at the time thus far. Very cool. Aaron? I straight up like don't exist on social media very much. <laughs> Sorry, I got nothing to plug at the moment. Uh, pending. That's okay. Uh, Janae? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Golden Starfield Cosplay. Um, you can also find me at Punzi Art. Um, I, pretty much all my socials are are Punzi or some derivative of that. <laughs> uh, for reasons I'm sure you've never you could never guess. Um, Is it because of the puns? You'd be you know it's not. It is now. It is now. I'm just, I'm just kidding. It totally is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, that's where you can find me. Excellent, Jordan. Um, I assist Dan in running a lot of our um, D and Dark sites. So I, I run our TikTok. I help in running our Instagram, which you can find those both at D and Dark underscore podcasts. Uh, we also have a Reddit. Uh, my personal, I would say, I have an Instagram. It's Aqua Radish. Um, I think Aqua underscore Radish. Uh, I do a lot of my personal art, and then I put a lot of the and dark art on there as well. But uh, please, please join our social media platforms and comment and engage, because my favorite thing is hearing people that listen to the show talk about what they like from the show i press my friends constantly did you listen to the episode what was your favorite part what was your favorite joke so please if you find that and want to go off i will be it will make my week uh and Danny. um just like aaron i do not exist please mm. do not perceive me <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting about this is that he doesn't have a camera on so it's very <laughs> <Yeah>. out <laughs> it's like deep throat I'm just uh, I'm just an AI actually. No, how many fingers that do you have, Jane? AI or whatever. Don't no ask that question. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, once again, guys, thank you very much. I really appreciated you guys doing this, and I'll let my my future self take it from here. As always, thank you, past me, such a gentleman. You know, I gotta do silly things to keep this show interesting for myself. But uh, you know, I really pushed myself with this interview. I've never talked to this many people at one point. Uh, I think I'm pretty good one-on-one -on -one, and I, I hope I did okay here and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope they had a good time. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed pushing myself. Um, but once again, I do want to thank Danger Dangers, Ben Magnet, Grayson Norman, Jordan Nelson, Daniel Cruz, Aaron Caulfield, and Janae Pellerin uh, for joining me and completely congratulations on dn dark truly uh well done you guys normally this is where i would also say that i'd love to be on their show but uh dn dark isn't that kind of show uh, however i do hope to speak with them individually in the future uh links to where you can find them are down in the description of course but we've reached the point of the show where it's my turn conversation is part of the fake nerd podcast family of podcasts which hosts a ton of other shows some of which are being impacted due to the strike uh due to the strikes so make sure if you're interested to check out our website to find out which ones 
But of course, you can check out Fake Nerd Podcast, which is a general pop culture show that we put on. Uh, you can join us live every Sunday morning or listen and or watch it after. That's all I'm going to say this week about all those shows, mostly because I'm incredibly tired, but also because it's kind of a transitionary period for us right now. Um, again, we are in full support of the striking unions and uh, we are we are adjusting to show just that. But links to everything we do, we do can be found on our social media and on our new website, as well as updates for what is impacted by the strike and what is not. We also have a Patreon and a Tee Public if you'd like to support us financially. Uh, the new Conversation logo is, of course, up there. Uh, so if you want to uh, purchase Mike Patola's great new logo for me, you can check it out. Lastly, give this show, Conversation, some love on social media at Conver underscore station. I really love putting the show together, and I'm grateful so many people have reached out to me to tell me they like it. But please leave a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice if you could. Uh, also... If you'd like to be on the show or send me questions or letters or whatever, that is conversationpod at gmail.com, which is linked below, of course. Kind of a short intro this week, but I'll call it there as, as I always do. Thank you for the support as always. I have plenty more episodes for you guys. So episode eight is around the corner uh, and that will feature Travis Bow from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. Here's a clip. I initially saw Last Jedi and I didn't like it, you know, yeah. and it just didn't set right with me. And I noticed that the things I, I didn't like about it weren't the same things that people were yelling about on the Internet. You know, sure. I, I didn't care that it seems like a lot of people were mad that Holdo took over the ship and, mm -hmm. and you know, I, a lot of the the, you know, fragile male ego stuff was a big reason for a lot of what people didn't like about it. None of that bothered me. I, you know, it, the stuff I didn't like was the pacing of the move, the, the, you know, actual movie itself, the, the pacing, mm -hmm. the, you know, going off on a side adventure with uh, Finn and Rose to, to go to a casino that looked like it belonged in a Harry Potter movie, you know, things like that. Those are my problems with last Jedi, but the stuff like, the the Ray and Luke and Kylo storyline in that movie, it's it's incredible. I love those scenes. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I now uh, upon rewatch and everything, I really like most of Last Jedi. All right, guys. Until next time, stay true to the family.